0: Supported by the
1: University of Portsmouth, we are passionately Pompey. begins look forward, work together to create a Portsmouth football club that we can all be proud to be associated with. Pure, unadulterated Pompey. It's a massive club, it's a massive opportunity for me. I know this atmosphere is special.
2: I can't wait to see a uh, full house in it rocking. Action and reaction. This is huge football club. We're here to be hopefully successful. The infrastructure is changing, so really we want to start
1: pushing forward and making Portsmouth a real force.
2: Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's a club with a
0: rich tradition, a rich heritage, but one that has an excellent relationship with its supporters. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan
3: base that is amazingly passionate, is Poison. A match of few chances as Pompey kick off 2022 with just a point after a real battle at the Abbey just inside the penalty area
2: to the dead ball line, trying to stand it up to the middle, nodded down by Hurst, Romeo with the effort, across goal, cleared away, Morello kicking up on the edge of the box, but Cambridge are going to survive.
3: The Blues may not have claimed all three points yesterday, but that is now ten unbeaten and five consecutive clean sheets in the league. Later this evening we'll hear from the man who has been integral at keeping the ball out of his net, Gavin Bazunu, who believes Pompey should have taken more
4: from the game disappointed not to pick up the three pointers you know they went a man down and we had some chances but we just weren't able to find the net.
3: Danny Cowley will also be offering his post-match thoughts. The Blues boss is assured that although the result could have been better there were still plenty of
1: positives to take. Ten now unbeaten in the league. I think eight clean sheets in the last ten, which are really positive signs. We've got to keep working at the top end of the pitch so that we can turn these draws into wins.
3: We'll hear from those two, as well as both Dean Adams and Alex Fletcher here on Express FM between now and seven o'clock as we take a deeper dive into Monday's stalemate with Cambridge. All of that and more to come here on The Football Hour.
0: This is The Football Hour, 937 Express FM.
3: A very good evening and welcome on this Tuesday night to the football hour, driven to you this season by Stagecoach across for South, operating a cleaner and greener service across Hampshire and the South Coast. Visit StagecoachBus.com to find out more information on how they are doing their bit to help the environment. Over the next hour or so, the three of us here will be picking the main talking points from yesterday's 0-0 draw with Cambridge United, as well as reviewing what's happened in League One since Pompey's last game back on December the 11th. But it's not just Dean and Alex we want to hear from tonight. We'd also like to know how you're feeling back home as well. Whilst a win was obviously the main aim for Pompey yesterday, is a point a decent result given the circumstances? Would it be unfair to get too frustrated with the final score when taken into consideration the fact the Blues have gone straight into the game off the back of illness and isolation? And since we haven't had a proper chat since Christmas, let us know if you received any Pompey or football-related gifts over the holidays. As always, it's 81400 on the text, starting your messages with the word EXPRESS. Pompey at expressfm.com. On the emails on Twitter, include at Express FM or find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Well, before we get into the conversation and reaction to yesterday's draw, let's remind ourselves exactly how it happened. Here are the highlights of Pompey's first game of 2022, a trip to Cambridge United as told here on Pompey Live.
0: Everything we do is passionately Pompey. Every second of the action is right here. Chilton
2: scores!
0: 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary.
5: He's gone!
0: This
2: is... You wouldn't believe it! Pompey Live. Many people back at work, back at school tomorrow. The last afternoon of the Christmas holidays to enjoy. And Cambridge will be getting the game underway in their amber shirts, black shorts and black socks they go from left to right as we look at things at the back of the main stand Williams should be able to clear for Cambridge with Harness clearly fouling him. well Harness is not helping himself there and it's all kicked off down in front of us because Harness seemed to put his knee on the head of Williams and that really really annoyed the Cambridge side off off is the chance Harness is going to be in trouble here and it's still checks to harness and tells him to clear off with no punishment to the anger of the home fans around us still nil nil this is dangerous Cambridge into the area May with the shot save by Mizzuno the follow-up oh wonderful block brilliant from Romeo denying Brophy wonderful defending by the Millwall only ball out of play Pompey throw danger averted chested up in the air on halfway by Smith and the free kick goes forth this way and Smith has to be a little bit careful is on a yellow card and he's going to be spoken to here but it's not worth another booking well has he shown him a second yellow card here looks like Smith has been shown a second yellow card here and Cambridge are going to play the final half hour with 10 men and Sam Smith makes his way off Okadina clears away Hackett just inside the penalty area to the dead ball line trying to stand it up to the middle nodded down by Hurst Romeo with the effort across goal And clear it out for a throw. Thought Romeo was going to drill it into the net. 83 minutes on the clock. In reality, 15 to 20 minutes of injury time after a stoppage due to an incident within the crowd. May to deliver. Right footed. Has he got enough on it? It's flipped on. Mazuno fumbles it and then falls on it. Ball's going to come in. Can they defend it? May to the far post. Braggart heads away. drive into the penalty area, Harness trying to get round dunks, Harness to the dead ball line, drilled across, loose in the area, charge over the bar! A bad miss from Curtis from eight yards out, still 0-0. The final whistle has gone here at the Abbey Stadium and the reaction of the home fans tells you all you need to know, they are absolutely delighted that they have held Portsmouth to a draw, it's finished goalless. Every second
0: of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars.
3: The highlights there is yesterday's 0-0 draw between Pompey and Cambridge United at the Abbey Stadium. The Blues' first match in 23 23- Days, with three called off over the festive period due to COVID cases within both the Pompey squad and uh, between the Christmas and New Year period uh, in the Plymouth Argyle team as well. So the games against AFC Wimbledon, Oxford United and Plymouth Argyle between the 18th and the 29th of December all postponed for Pompey. And they all have to be played uh, throughout the midweeks between now and the end of April, the end of the season, of course. Uh, the trip to AFC Wimbledon has been rescheduled and will be played on Tuesday the 19th of January. So that is actually, uh, well, Tuesday the 18th, sorry, two weeks away uh, for Pompey. So that one rescheduled pretty quickly, just waiting news on when the Oxford and Plymouth games will eventually take place. Uh, well, no games yesterday to report other than a nil-nil draw between Pompey and Cambridge, so take a look at some of the other results since the Blues were last in league action. On the 18th, when Pompey was scheduled to go to AFC Wimbledon, uh, Cambridge themselves lost by a goal to nil to Rotherham. Ipswich and Sunderland uh, were held to a uh, one all draw at Portman Road. Oxford were 3-2 uh, defeated by Wigan Athletic. Plymouth Argyle beat Charlton by a goal to nil. Uh, some other notar- notable results from Boxing day, Ackleton beat Rotherham by a goal to nil, Plymouth beat Cheltenham by two goals to nil, Lincoln 2 MK Dons 3, on the 27th, Doncaster nil, Sunderland 3, on the 29th Ipswich 1, Wickham nil Morecambe 1, Crewe 2 Oxford United 3 AFC Wimbledon nil, Shrewsbury nil, Accrington nil, and uh, on the 30th December, a massive result at the Stadium of Light, Sunderland 5 Sheffield Wednesday, 0. On New Year's Day, Burton 4, Crew 1, Charlton 0, Wickham 1, MK Dons 0, Gillingham 0, Oxford 1, Cheltenham 1, Rotherham 2, Bolton 1. On Sunday, the 2nd, Morecambe 4, Doncaster Rovers 3. Believe it or not, Doncaster were 3-0 up at half-time, and Morgan came back with four goals in the second half, left it late as well, uh, to claim a dramatic victory, and Doncaster remained rooted to the bottom of the League One table. On the same day, another big result at uh, New Meadow, Shrewsbury 1, Sheffield Wednesday nil. And that has pretty much brought you up to speed with all of the results since Pompey were last in action before yesterday's uh, stalemate at the Abbey. And uh, Pompey, after that 2-0 uh, victory with Morecambe on the, 18th, on the 11th of December, uh, were 8th in the table after that. Uh, with no games played, they dropped down to ninth. but with the point yesterday and with Sheffield Wednesday losing uh, 2 on the bounce, they now climb back up to 8th with a game in hand on Sheffield Wednesday below them in ninth, now just 6 points off for playoff positions with one game in hand uh, on all of those occupying between fourth and sixth. Rotherham are top, Sunderland second and Wigan in third, four points behind the top two albeit with three games in hand. For bottom of the table we've already mentioned Doncaster 24th 16 points really uh, not doing so well this season. Doncaster Rovers crew 23rd, Gillingham 22nd and Lincoln City also having a, a terrible season 21st taking up that last uh, relegation spot as things stand okay well that is enough from me uh, you've heard my voice way too much already here on the football Hour, but first of all I'm going to welcome in my two guests and uh, Dean Adams joins us over the phone this evening Dean it is a pleasure to welcome you back on for the first time in 2022 did you have a great Christmas and a happy new year
6: yeah it was absolutely brilliant Jake uh, happy new year to you and everyone at, at Express FM uh, it goes quickly, doesn't it, Christmas, but it was enjoyable. Uh, back to work as normal and uh, on with the football season.
3: And uh, alongside Dean of uh, this evening in the studio, alongside me tonight, Alex Fletcher. Likewise, mate, great to have you back on the show. I hope you had a good Christmas. I hope you had a, a great New Year as well. Great to have you back.
5: Thanks, Jake. Yeah, it was, um, it was good fun. Yeah, had quite, a, quite a relaxed Christmas and New Year, so uh, can't complain. It's just been really boring without any football, so... <laughs> You know, and obviously after 23 days, all you want is a nil-nil draw, release, isn't it? Well, not particularly. <laughs> uh, before we get
3: into the thick of the action, I posed the question at the start of the show, Dean, to, to Pompey fans out there. Did you receive any interesting uh, football or Pompey-related gif over the <laughs> festive period? Did
6: you get in any Eddie yourselves? Jake, I'm 46. We don't get any presents <laughs> at my age. <laughs>
3: you just got a, a, an orange and an apple, did you?
6: Yeah, that's about it, and a oh, pair of socks, oh, yeah.
3: Oh, boring. Alex, uh, I'd like to think you've... Uh, got something better than that
5: no unfortunately oh. I, th- I think my, my mom and dad have um and in, in, <laughs> the rest of my family have exhausted every single possible pompey present there is in the yeah. book uh for the for the 21 years that i've been around going all the way back to my first birthday got well, my first ever pompey kit so yeah i think um i think they're a little bit pompied out in terms of the presents so as i say it was just uh just socks and uh and well, perhaps a few quid as well. That was yeah. really—it's it's about as exciting as it gets these days. Well, that question went down like a lead balloon. If you've
3: <laughs> got any, got any other <laughs> I interesting going up
5: for you if you to That's yeah. all right.
3: <laughs> I don't want any fake news here on <laughs> Express FM. Uh, if you've got any interesting answers back home, do let us know. All the usual ways can be found on our website, expressfm.com. Okay, before we get into the thick of the actual action on the pitch yesterday, Dean, just first of all, uh, got to mention, and it's great to hear Danny cowley say in his post-match uh, uh, reaction with the club, which we'll hear from later on tonight show that the fan who was taken ill at the game yesterday, uh, the home supporter at the Abbey Stadium, who uh, as a result of a medical emergency in the second half, uh, you know, there were 21 minutes of added time towards the end of the game, but we're hearing that he is stable uh, and, and fine reacting well to treatment. So first and foremost, Dean, you know, there are things a, a lot more important than football it might be a frustrating result, but you know, that, that is arguably the best result from a day.
6: Yeah, it's please. It's, it's obviously sad to hear, but it's pleasing that he was uh, released from hospital last night. So that's the main thing. The the, bit, the the other concern is, Jake, is I never used to hear about this. And all of a sudden we're hearing, is this the second, third, fourth time this season we've heard of someone collapse in the stands oh, I, and there's an ambulance yeah. or a hospital visit involved? So why is this happening? Is, has it sort of coincided with COVID and the vaccinations? I don't know, but... We seem to be hearing about this a fair few times at the moment
3: yeah unfortunately if we're being honest it's not just the second or third time this season but uh, i think watford themselves have had a couple over the last uh, two or three weeks and oh have they yeah but they had a game against chelsea and i think they had one last week as well yeah great to hear that in all of these cases as well you know the fans are uh reacted well to the treatment but you know it, it goes to show that why this is happening we're not we're not too sure alex but regardless The quick reactions of medical staff of clubs over the past, you know, few months as the season started, with a lot of this happening on, you know, unfortunately, a much more frequent basis now. The quick reactions of, of medical staff and ambulance staff inside football grounds, the, the clear need for defibrillators uh, as a necessity in, in football grounds and to have these medical staff uh, on site ready to go at the click of a finger. The reaction of the stewards yesterday, you know, really integral into ensuring that you know, this Cambridge supporter got the best treatment necessary just goes to emphasise the need uh, and you know, the r- r- real improvements to fan safety over the cu- last couple of years.
5: 100% and I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head really with one of the reasons perhaps we hear about it a little bit more often is because thankfully we are far more prepared for these kind of situations in football grounds. The reaction was, as you say, immediate from fans, from stewards, the medical staff were in attendance within seconds and they're with all the available gear that in other situations you'd need an ambulance for and it's, it's positive it should be the case in any mass gathering whether that be a theatre concert or in, indeed a football ground so I think it's that's the positive element that comes of it of course it's really sad that we are seeing this more frequently but as you say it's good news that the, in this particular case the fan looks to be making a, a speedy recovery. Yeah.
3: Okay, let's talk about the, uh, the football now then, Dean, and we mentioned about the results since Pompey last played with uh, some big results for, like, Sheffield Wednesday as well, MK, Don, Sue, so Pompey are kind of sandwiched between, at the moment, in the table. Since we last played, three matches called off, and know matches up and down the country have been called off due to COVID cases across the Football League, but Pompey remaining eighth, six points off for playoffs with a game in hand, and well, exactly half a season still to play, given the the torrid two months Pompey had between kind of August and October. Now ten unbeaten, five clean sheets in a row in League One. Quite the turnaround, Dean.
6: Yeah, if you had said pre-season, that would be, would be eight for Christmas, uh, sort of six points off the playoffs with the game in hand. I think most people would have taken it where we were with the Cowleys coming in for the first full season. I think we're probably in the right position where our football and our performances have sort of put us, really. So, but, yeah, I'm happy eighth. Uh, if we can win our game in hand, the next five or six games look tough on paper. But there's nobody in this league that really scares me. At the moment, Rotherham are flying at the top. Sunderland have picked up a little bit. But you look below Sunderland, the Wiggins, the Wickhams, the Oxfords, the Plymouths, they don't scare me. And the teams below us, the Shepherd Wednesdays and the Accringtons they're sort of falling off the pace as well so it's up to us to see what we can do in the January window if we can add one or two players that would be great uh, I don't know if I can honestly see people like Marquess or Harrison leaving the club uh, until the summer but it, it's there for the taking, and it's up to us to put those results together and sort of continue what we're doing, really.
3: Yeah. I think if I'm being completely honest, Alex, I must disagree with what Dean mentioned about Wigan not scaring me. I think they are one of the teams of the division. However, very good point being made about the likes of, you know, Wickham, Oxford, Plymouth. They drop off every single season. Don't they? MK Dons, Sheffield Wednesday might be a big club in, in, in this division, but we found out over recent years But that means absolutely nothing. You know, to Pompey, Sunderland, Ipswich, you know, everyone like that. <laughs> Ipswich themselves, mid-table after such a poor start. If you look at Doncaster and Lincoln, both in the relegation zone. Uh, Charlton, 13th, had a poor start to the season, slowly kind of starting to find their feet again. You can't imagine they're going to c- climb back into a promotion race anytime soon. Certainly given the calibre of teams in this division and a lot underperforming, Pompey in eighth with a chance to kind of capitalise on these teams slipping up, capitalise on the fact we've got a game in the hands and really quite a bit of momentum behind us. It's really not a bad scenario for Danny Cowley and Nicky Cowley.
5: Not at all. And, and considering the sort of teams we've still got to play, the likes of, of Oxford and Plymouth, obviously games that have been called off recently, we've got to play, I think we've got to play Oxford twice, haven't we? So there's still so much to play for in the head-to-head battles as well as just getting points on the board. I think w- what I would say is that if we do have aspirations to consolidate ourselves in the playoffs, not just you know scrape into sixth, but really be in that pack, get yourself into that position and say that that's a reasonable aim for the end of the season... You have to win games like yesterday. You have to be able to grind out those results, and I think so far that's what we're lacking just a little bit. As you say, we're in a great run of form defensively, yeah. but obviously we need to find something more in an attacking sense to create more goals and create chances to win those kind of games. So, you know, it's a great position. I feel really positive, and it's just about the players continuing to perform on the pitch in that respect and keeping, you know, touch keeping injuries down. We should be all right.
3: Alex, thank you. Dean, likewise, we'll hear from both of you in just a few moments' time. But after the break, we'll also take a listen to what Gavin Bazuni had to say after the full-time whistle
4: yesterday. It can sometimes be difficult in games like this when teams go down to 10 men and they just sit behind the ball. You have to be really patient and I think we were for the first 10 or 15 minutes and then we started to force it a bit. But we can definitely learn from it. I think there was definitely a lot of positives we can take into the next game. Keep
3: those text, tweets and emails coming in to Pompey fans. Text express and your message to 81400. Start those with the word express. Email Pompey at expressfm.com, tweet using at expressfm, or go over to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Life. Stick around here to 93.7 ExpressFM for the continuation of tonight's show. Myself, Dean, and Alex will be back shortly with the football hour.
0: This is the football hour, 93.7 express fm
3: welcome back to part two of tonight's edition of the football hour driven to you this season by stagecoach across the south before i welcome my two guests back into the conversation this evening let's hear from manchester city loanee gavin bazunu who after the game yesterday was asked if despite not getting the victory a clean sheet was satisfying enough to kick start the new year
4: Uh, Yeah, it's definitely positive to keep uh, another clean sheet, you know, it shows uh, how well we've been working defensively as a team. Uh, Disappointed not to to pick up the three points, as you know, they went uh, a man down and we had some chances, but we just weren't able to find the net. Yeah, and Cambridge seems to ask quite a lot of questions of you, especially
7: from free kicks and set pieces. Was it difficult to deal with out there?
4: Uh, like we had spoke before the game that that was their main threat was going to come through crosses, whether it's from set pieces or just from open play. Uh, and I think we dealt with it really well. Obviously, kept a clean sheet, so that's the most important thing. And you mentioned that red card. How do you think that changed things in the, in the pattern of the game? Uh, I mean, it gave us a lot more control in the game, uh, but it's, it can sometimes be difficult in games like this when teams go down to 10 men and they just sit behind the ball Uh, You have to be really patient, and I think we were for the first 10 or 15 minutes, and then we started to to force it a bit, Uh, but we can definitely learn from it. Um, I think there was definitely a lot of positives we can take into the next game. Yeah, and of course
7: the game was stopped for around 20 minutes as the medical teams here dealt with an incident in the stands. What was that like to, to sort of be a part of and how what was it like to have to come back on and, and restart the game? I can't imagine you will have uh, experienced that too many times.
4: Yeah, so first of all, Conor had gone down I think soon enough as well for about 10 minutes uh, and then we were inside for another 10-15 minutes so it was just... Almost just it like half time, um, take a bit of a rest, and we were able to come back out, get warmed up. But focus was just on you know changing the shape because they'd gone down to ten men, and how we could try and exploit their weaknesses. Uh, but like I've heard, the, the fans, the fans are right now, so that's that's great to hear, and best wishes to, to him and his family.
7: Yeah, and definitely in those last 20 minutes that were added on at the end of the game, you had to really kind of keep your concentration because they did seem to be hitting you on the break a few times.
4: Yeah, so we we pushed a lot of numbers forward. We went, we we changed from our back five to to a four uh, to get one more number up the pitch uh, as we didn't need it defensively. Um, And it gave us really good control in the first 10, 15 minutes we went to it. But then uh, at times we started to force it. And like you said, we got caught on the break a few times. Uh, We had to take some yellow cards. It was good decisions to take them, you know, to, to... get rid of the threat Um, but yeah I think we can be more patient in those situations
7: What was it like being back out there obviously
4: having to having been starved of Christmas football over the festive period Yeah I mean it was almost like going back for the first game of the season you know we hadn't played in I think the manager said 23 days or something like that so it was uh it was a big break but you know it wasn't it wasn't too daunting because we'd we'd got really good training in we'd uh, had a really good time together as a group luckily the training ground wasn't shut down so we were able to continue to work uh, and to be around each other the whole time
7: and you ended 2021 in such great form so i'm sure you and the the team will be wanting to continue that into 2022 and you're eyeing up a positive second half to, of the season
4: Yeah, definitely, you know, we've gone. I think it's uh, 10 now in the league unbeaten. Uh, We've got to just continue to keep that run going, continue to stay so solid defensively uh, and just hope that the goals will come.
3: The post-match reaction of uh, goalkeeper Gavin Bazunu there after yesterday's 0-0 draw with Cambridge United. Dean Adams and Alex Fletcher alongside me here at Express FM for tonight's edition of the Football Hour and taking a look at some of the stats uh, surrounding Pompey and uh, in particular Gavin Bazunu uh, over the past month or so and, and these come uh, as per Jordan Cross, uh, our friend and colleague uh, from the Ports of News. Five League One clean sheets on the spin. 560 League One minutes without conceding a goal, Gavin Bazunu. Seven out of the last ten League One matches without conceding, and eight out of ten without conceding in all competitions. Uh, What a signing, as if we didn't know already, Dean, Gavin Bazunu has been this season.
6: Yeah, I think uh, him and Sean Raggett have been our player of the season so far, but to get a player of Gavin's calibre into our club, it shows what the Cowley brothers can do, what sort of player they can bring to us, because clearly, gavin gavin's a championship player isn't he he, sh- he should not be playing in league one so to get him on board has been absolutely fantastic the games i've seen him at home this season he's been absolutely outstanding and but we've we've also got a plan for the future and there's been talk this week about alex bass going out on loan but we need to keep alex happy because obviously gavin will be playing i, I don't imagine he'll be playing championship football next year only so we need to get alex back get him playing at some point and uh get Alex in our team for next season so but yeah Gavin's been absolutely outstanding what a fantastic signing Yeah,
3: monumental stats for a, a monumental goalkeeper Gavin Bazuni. let's get to some of the text tweets and emails now then uh, Linda Mail on the emails Happy New Year to everyone it is great to be back with probably playing a match after the enforced break hopefully we can continue to make the progress we had before the break now the transfer window is open hopefully we can add some quality players to our squad and move on some of the fringe players to make room and free up some weight. Thank you to Linda Mail on the emails for your uh, message this evening, Dave Byrne. Uh, Hi guys, another two points dropped. Failed to control the match at any time, either against 11 or 10. The game showed the considerable distance we are away from having a top league one side, let alone the nucleus of a squad capable of even surviving in the championship. One point from a possible six against a, str- a struggling side shows where we are. Occasionally we play well, but there is absolutely no consistency or reliability with this of players so disappointing the opinion of Dave uh, enlists on the emails Alex I think there's certainly plenty of fair comments to take from that email w- where do you sit with Pompey's result yesterday disappointing as it was can you pinpoint that a lot down to the fact we have had an enforced break players are you know still recovering from Covid from illness or is that just all an excuse and should Pompey have put the game to bed
5: I, I do think it's perhaps a, a little bit harsh to to criticise the quality of the squad and say what we've got for for sake of being able to push for promotion, being one of the top teams. I wouldn't say we're number one, I wouldn't say we're number two, but we're certainly in amongst some of the better teams in the league. In terms of the result, I think... It, Listen it's disappointing of course we want to go to these kind of paces and win and when you go down to ten men there's an expectancy that you would control the game. We didn't do that enough I think and we did give away a few just, just allowing them to have the ball at the other end of the pitch not necessarily causing us too many problems but just less of us putting the pressure on them, forcing them into mistakes, forcing them to play out and have constant pressure on the goal and create opportunities. That's what was for me disappointing. We need to do better at the, at the top end of the pitch. That's where the issues lie. It is about that creativity. It's that final touch. January transfer window, that's, that's obviously the the obvious go-to when it comes to looking at adding options. But there are a few players that need to take perhaps a little bit more responsibility and try and take some of their
3: chances as well. Yeah. Frustrating uh, afternoon for Pompey yesterday, Dean. Taking a look at some of the stats from the game at the Abbey Stadium. Pompey with 67% possession, 13 shots compared to Cambridge's 10 but only two on target, 11 corners compared to the, the one that the host had, 18 fouls, you know, and these are stats which we do see on a, a fairly regular basis from Pompey. I know we've, you know, Ted unbeaten, we've won in quite a few games in that time period, but in, in response to what Dave has mentioned on the emails, Pompey not quite, you know, necessarily the, the finished product. Do these stats go a long way in saying that, you know, Danny Cowley certainly needs to be, looking for a striker in the january transfer window and, and certainly needs to be backed uh, by the owners to, to get a you know a decent striker and someone who can put these chances away
6: yeah two questions really are we creating enough chances and are we putting enough of them away probably no on both accounts we do need do we need a number, number sort of another number 10 i don't know marcus harness seems to have his best games when he plays in that number 10 position, but we definitely need an out-and-out striker, someone who's powerful up there and can score goals. I've said that Cole Stockton at Morecambe, he probably is a League One player. Would he be any good if we get promoted? I don't know. Let's not worry about that. But someone like Cole Stockton, we need, when he played at Fratton Park a couple of weeks ago, uh, well, the last time we played there, he, he was absolutely excellent for Morecambe. Uh, we need somebody like him in my book, uh, but apart from that, I think we've just got to keep keep plugging away and doing what we're doing. And we, we do need to take those chances. And we had a couple of good chances yesterday, and we, we should have put them away. I think both of them were skied over the bar. Yeah. Uh,
3: speaking of uh, January's sightings, uh, again, we mentioned our colleagues from the Ports of News. Uh, uh, you know, like some Neil Allen, Jordan Cross, Sam Cox, and you know, th- those are the guys who've really got the scoops in terms of transfer rumours. And the latest one of that is centre back Stuart Finlay, at the latest to be linked with a move to Pompey, currently playing uh, in the MLS for Philadelphia Union. Uh, striker Kyle Wooten, as uh, his name's been thrown about over the last couple of weeks, he's currently playing for Notts County in the National League. Will Boyle, defender at Cheltenham Town, he's been impressing quite a few teams. Uh, up and down the Football League and supposedly Pompey uh, are one of the sides interested in signing him but talking about departures, uh, Alex, uh, once again, Ellis Harrison's been linked to a move away from Fratton Park. And you know, previously, back in the summer transfer window, we know that Plymouth, Argyle guy, were well, one of the teams looking and, and interested in securing his signature. But teams in League One and League Two certainly you know, got their noses about certainly keeping an eye on, on, on his status. John Marquis as well in recent weeks. You've got Peterborough United supposedly interested. Darren Ferguson turned that down. Doncaster Rovers allegedly, according to journalists up at Doncaster, turning him down. Is it, it, this telling of the John Marcus But we've seen in the past couple of seasons? He's not a bad striker, but he's just not quite the same striker
5: that we know he used to be. And this is what's always going to be frustrating for Portsmouth fans is that you, when you've got a player that you know can score goals and you know that can produce certain numbers that like he said he did at Doncaster. It becomes doubly frustrating when he doesn't perform then at your own club, considering he was a marquee signing, there was a bit of money spent on him and things like that. In terms of a departure, I think the only way, uh, what I would describe as a sensible departure, would be whether or not someone would come in with some sort of transfer fee, whether or not there'd be able to be a pre-contract agreement with this deal running out, whether there was some sort of financial incentive for us, because... At the end of the day, he's still a strong player. But if you were to get his kind of wages off the books, considering he'll be likely a higher, and the same with Ellis Harrison, then that could be profitable in terms of who you could then bring in. So it would have to be not right at the last minute as well. So you've then got time to find a potential replacement or use the wage budget you've freed up on, on other positions.
3: Yeah, and, and certainly freeing up that wage budget and you know creating more fun, uh, funds for players is certainly the the aim for Danny in this January transfer window you can't imagine too much movement in terms of uh, players coming in unless there are players going out we knew that in the summer uh, and arguably we, we, we've known that over the last couple of seasons Gassana Hadmi has been reportedly um, linked to being recalled by Norwich City not too happy with the amount of game time he's having we spoke a couple of weeks about, uh, ago when we first heard that rumour as to why that may be but you know, that's certainly one that we're not really too surprised about, Dean, if that does happen.
6: Yeah, he had a great pre-season, didn't he? And he's the kind of player that when you, you put sort of, I think it was eight goals in pre-season, he scored. And when you put that many away, you can't not sign him. He's, he's flitted in and out. He's had a couple of good moments when I've seen him play, but he's not good enough. And when you look at Danny Cowley's loan signing record, you look, you look at Gavin Bazunu and uh, Romeo as well on the, the right back, He's brought in some great loan players and when the Cowleys were at Lincoln, they built a lot of their side on loan signings who were in their side to get them promoted. Under Kenny Jacket, we had a lot of loan signings that were fringe players for us that didn't really play. And there's a few at the moment that Cowleys brought in that are fringe players. The Aziz is another one. Surely, I think Aziz, will he stay, will he go? I presume he's going to go back this month and Hadmi will go back too. So what Cowley's done at Lincoln, he's brought players straight in that can play first-in football and I'm sure that's what he's going to go out there and do again. Yeah. Uh, Marcus
3: Harness, uh, again, these are all rumours and whispers, nothing uh, in indeed set in stone. This is what happens in the January transfer window, Alex, but uh, Marcus Harness uh, supposedly uh, piquing the interest of a few championship teams, Blackburn Rovers, one of the heavily linked uh, t- sides to, to try and get his signature, also were supposedly interested in uh, Ronan Curtis and the ask couple of seasons. Seasons. But you know the, the important thing for Pompey is as we try and bid for promotion, be it this season or you know definitely next season, it, it's all very well and good creating a team and, and building a side, but you can't let y- your key players go. No matter what your opinion of the likes of Rod Curtis and Marcus Harness are, there's no doubt when I say that they are you know Pompey's biggest players in the squad and certainly the most sought after players in the squad. You've got to keep hold of your assets.
5: Oh, 100%. And, and to be honest with you, I don't worry so much that these players are going to be um, actually transferred elsewhere. They're going to be linked. If players are playing well, particularly Harness, you know, he's our top scorer. The, um, the way he's performed so far this season, the goal scoring edge that he maybe hasn't had in, in previous seasons, he's really found his feet in that respect this year. He's always going to be linked away, and he's going to be linked away to clubs in the Championship who are going to offer more money or whatever we saw it with Curtis a couple of years ago actually when he first signed and in the end nothing materialises. It doesn't concern me too much but it is vital you keep the core of that team together and if the core of that team as well as being these big players as lone players as well you need to make sure you you hold on to them. I think that is massive in this window. Ahadmi, Aziz, as, as we've been mentioned already they can, they can for, for all I care go back to their clubs because they haven't made enough of an impact on the team and we can use the wages elsewhere. But the core of the team even players that are perhaps you wouldn't say have been the best players this season, you need to make, ma- maintain that core, that main, that backbone of the side, because that is what has given us the consistency we've found recently, I think. Yeah, and you mentioned Alex Bass a
3: few moments ago, Dean, and uh, again, it's, it's just another whisper, but uh, we've heard that supposedly Alex Bass could uh, end this season uh, as a lone player elsewhere to try and get some game time under his belt as he kind of continues his development. Where do you sit with that one? Because I, I know there is quite a a change of opinion. You, you've got the fact that Alex Bass is uh, a great goalkeeper and certainly able to perform at this level. And, you know, when thrown in at the deep end for Pompey, has performed at this level and, and, and could quite easily start for a top league one side. There's no doubt about that. But when you've got Gavin Bazunu on the form that he's in, when you've got such a brilliant goalkeeper, you, you, you can't drop him. You can't can't drop him for Alex Bass. That would be just incredibly harsh. But would it also be unfair to to send Alex Bass out on loan? Where does this end? Can can you keep sending Alex Bass out on loan and expect him to commit his long-term future to the club? Surely, from a personal perspective, he's got to think of himself and say, right, I should be starting week in, week out, whether that's for Pompey or for someone else.
6: Yeah, I think... What was Alex Bass's last game? Was it, the, was it Wickham away? He came in and got man of the match?
3: It was Wickham away, yeah, because uh, it was the international break and Pompey only had two called up at the time so we couldn't yeah. have a game called off. So yeah, he was brought in for that one and when Gavin Bazuna returned, he, he went straight back into the team.
6: Yeah, it, it's difficult because you, obviously you can't take Gavin out the side. He's been absolutely outstanding this year, but you do have to get Alex in our side somehow because he is our future there's been premier league interest in alex bass over the last couple of years he is a great player so if you look we're looking at this season our aim this season is look we've got to go for the playoffs we can do it we need to put that run together so that's doable we keep gavin in the side but alex has got to know that gavin isn't our future gavin will probably be playing in the championship next season for another club and alex will be our first team goalkeeper next season so i think Danny Cowley's probably thinking that he's not going to go to a league one, sorry, he's going to probably go to a league two or a national league club, which is great. And I think if Alex Bass can get three, four, five months of football at one of those uh, clubs at that level, I think it'd be great for him and it'd be great for us for next season. Yeah
3: okay dean alex thank you very much thank you to everyone who's got involved on the text tweets and emails so far on the show this evening just under 20 minutes remaining off the show to get your final messages and words into the panel before we do leave you at seven o'clock Okay. in the final part of tonight's show, we'll hear what Danny Cowley had to say after the full-time whistle on Monday. The Blues head coach was frustrated that his side couldn't capitalise on the man advantage
1: at the Abbey Stadium. Second time in in recent games where the opponent's gone down to 10 and we haven't been able to to break them down. I think we're frustrated that we weren't able to do that. Having said that, sometimes when teams go down to 10, it doesn't actually make the game any easier. And I think you have to credit Cambridge because I thought that they worked incredibly hard, particularly when they went down to 10 men and made it very difficult difficult for us. Stay
3: right where you are and join us again in a few moments time for the conclusion of the Football Hour here on Express FM. This is the Football Hour
0: 93.7 93.7 express fm
3: welcome back for the final time tonight to the football hour here on express fm brought to you this season by stagecoach across the south download the app now from either the app app or google play store when you can uh, track your bus and you can locate your nearest stop and even buy your ticket in advance as well tonight i'm joined alongside dean adams and alex fletcher here for the uh, rest of the football hour just under 15 minutes remaining until uh, the seven o'clock news alex we'll were speaking before before about the January transfer window before we headed into that final break there, and have you got your eyes on any potential signings, any names across the kind of League One, League Two, maybe even the Championship? Any names that stand out to you, but you'd like to see Danny Cowley try and go for in this window? Don't say Cole Stockton.
5: <laughs> I, I, well, he wasn't the one on mine. It was it was the other he, he must not be named sign that we get linked with every single uh, January yeah, transfer window. Yeah. But uh, be, be all joking aside, uh, I wouldn't say there's any specific player that I've sort of seen in, in the league. There's certainly some specific positions. I think with Marcus Harness, his goal-scoring form has come from being in a central role. But he, if he moves centrally, we don't necessarily have a natural right winger. You've got Hacker, who's been playing as a bit of a wing-back. I know we're playing with this three or five at the back, or whatever you want to call it, but someone who can play naturally on that right-hand side would be a massive, massive boost, I think, for the attacking options. As much as I think George Hurst has done really, really well and he's come into the team, if there is an option of bringing in a a striker who is physical, who can run at teams, but has a little bit more of an eye for goal, then I would say that would be something that we we should go for. We should say we shouldn't turn that down, we shouldn't let that one go by, because that's clearly where the issues are lying at the moment. I think you know
3: it would be silly to suggest otherwise, Dean. But arguably, the two important areas for concern in this transfer window is, you know, the striking position, but also centre back as well. Sean Raggett has been the only recognised centre back for Pompey for pretty much all of the season now. Conor Ogilvy's done a fantastic job uh, filling in that position as well. We know he can play centre back and he has played in that role, but predominantly a left-sided player. Sean Raggett being the only recognised centre-back. Clark Robertson, uh, the captain at the start of the campaign, has been injured for quite some time. We expect to see him, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks. But still, that leaves you quite light on numbers in that area with you know, Paul Downing's been recorded into the side over the last couple of months as well. Don't really see a big future for him. at Fratton Park never really has had one since he signed, if we're being completely honest is centre-back more important than a striker or are they both equally as much of a concern as the other
6: uh i think the immediate concern would be the striking position because as i said earlier i don't believe Marcus or ellis harrison will leave in january i think george hurst has had a good run but is he going to score us goals no i don't believe that uh so that that striking position is one that's pretty urgent for us to sort out we are going forward. I I like Harness, I like Curtis, and they are two of our sort of best players, and they are great League One players, and we need we need those in our side, and them performing week in, week out. That doesn't happen with those, though. Uh, will they leave this window and go to the Championship? No, I don't personally think so. Uh, sort of what Alex said earlier. But, yeah, centre-back's also key, but I don't think it's... I think Ogilvy there with Raggett, they're playing absolutely brilliant. Robertson will be back soon as well. The only person I had my eye on was Steve Cook at Bournemouth, who's been at Bournemouth for a number of years. He's come into the, the latter part of his years, and he was released by Bournemouth today. And he he depends what our budget is and how sort of ambitious we are. But he's a local boy. He he would have fit in perfect. He's off that ragged mould. But I've just seen in the last half an hour anyway that he's signed for Nottingham Forest. So that conversation's dead. <laughs> if, if, we, if, we, if we if we're
3: being completely honest, Vodine, the yeah. last time Pompey signs. A veteran player yeah. who previously played for Bournemouth. Right, <laughs> this time last year. His name was Charlie yeah, Daniels. Sorry. It's a great signing, don't get me wrong, on paper. Very exciting one, but it didn't quite end up so well for him no, at all he had last But that doesn't work for everyone, does it, of course? Yeah, Charlie Daniels.
6: He, he was a great player for mm. Bournemouth. He was oh, absolutely incredible. brilliant in a Bournemouth shirt. I just sometimes a player doesn't fit a club and it doesn't work out yeah. for him and I think we were just unlucky and he was just unlucky with that so you win some you lose some yeah
3: no that's definitely 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 fair enough let's go back to yesterday's game and Alex and uh, one of the big talking points was the, the the foul in the first half where Marcus Harness uh he fell on the Cambridge defender uh, I had my blue tinted glasses on. The Cambridge defender hacked him down. He was pulling him towards the ground. He wouldn't let him get back up onto his feet. But the Cambridge supporters and of, you know, the, the players as well were in complete uproar because uh, Marcus Harness was alleged to have knelt on his neck in, in, in the attempt to get up. Did you see it as a potential red card? Because certainly there were plenty of shouts for it. Not given, not even a yellow card for referee.
5: Again, blue-tinted glasses, yeah. but no, not at all. No. There, there, there was no way that that was ever going to be It was
3: argy-bargy. Both players, you yeah. know, they were both giving it, they were, they were both taking it. There was a bit of shirt-pulling, again, from, and it's from only both natural. players. If
5: someone pulls you to the floor in yeah. that situation, it's only natural that you're going to want to give a little bit back. Yeah. And I just think that's, that's just natural. And, and the only amicable solution to all of that probably would have been a yellow card apiece for saying, listen, you two, stop scrapping, stop being childish, and get on with the game. But in no way you show your that a red card. I think you probably got blown out of proportion because yeah. of the Cambridge supporters in and around the incident or in the stadium. They were just they're having a bit of a go, weren't they? They were making a bit of an atmosphere and all that. So... I think that's why it was brought to the attention of, yeah. of, of the media and all that. And, but no, nothing more than, than what was given. No.
3: Marcus Harness uh, pretty much booed every time he got the ball throughout the entire rest of that match. But, you know, I, th- I think that maybe fired him up, Dean. And, you know, the ultimate professional just completely I- I ignored that or, if anything, used it to his advantage to try and, you know, put on a bit of a show and, and, and try to basically shut them up. And, unfortunately, not quite the result we wanted, not quite, uh, you know, getting the ball into the back of the net like we would have hoped so. But, again... It, it, although it was a game of uh, few chances, Pompey did have the chances to put the game to bed. It wasn't a terrible performance, and we've already spoken about the factors which may have played a part into why it was a bit of a, uh, a bit of a bore, nil-nil draw. But the Cambridge were there for the taking. They're not a terrible side. They're a decent team despite their yeah. league position. You'd go again on another day. The next league match, I believe, is uh, the MK Dons in uh, just over a week's time on home turf you've got quite a few training sessions between now and that period, an EFL trophy match, you'd like to think we can keep that momentum going and push on from that point forward
6: Yeah, I think I don't know, as Pompey fans are we too expectant at times I think pre-season you look to win your home games, you look to get a point away, and I'd settle for that, I don't care who it is, crew away or Sunderland away, if we get a point away, I'm happy with that they're missed chances, we're missed chances it's football, but as I said, a point away is never a bad result. And if you can get a point away and win your home games, you will be in the promotion mix or, or get in promotion. So, I don't know. As Pompey fans, are we? I think we're t- a little bit too expectant at times.
3: Is that fair enough, Alex? As much as we want to win every game, you quite simply can't. It is 10 unbeaten in the league. It, it is five clean sheets in a row in the league. Okay, it might not have been in the most inspiring performance yesterday, but we have spoke about factors which might have indicated why that was
5: yeah the thing is is we've had this fantastic run of form recently which has been it's been a revelation really it's reignited our season the reason why I think a lot of Pompey fans still find frustration is because when we had that two month period where we were let's be honest dire you know we, we did not create anywhere near enough the, the results or the points or mass anywhere the number of points we would have needed going into this period where we've now found some form so we're already on the back foot, we're trying to recover as well as chase the aims so I think that, that can grind Pompey fans we are an expecting bunch because we're a passionate bunch we, we've been in this league a fair few years now we want to see ourselves get into the upper echelons of the football league but This is football, you know, we've seen it with with Sunderland coming down, spending loads of money, and they've not had the success, you know, you, you can't predict anyone, no one's got a divine right to win, and we've got to earn that.
3: Okay, uh, Alex Dean, thank you very much. Not long remaining here on the Football Hour before we do leave you for the next show coming up at 7 o'clock. And before we do go, we're going to hear the post-match thoughts of Blues head coach Danny Cowley. He spoke to Ollie Marsh after the full-time whistle yesterday afternoon.
7: Well, Danny, just to start with, obviously some things are more important than football and there was an incident today that, that caused the football to be stopped for quite a, quite a long period. Yeah, that's
1: right. I think it's support fellow in, in the crowd and, um, and I've just spoken to the stewards there and, and by all accounts that the, the man is OK and um, he's recovered well. I think he's, he's on his way to hospital just to be checked over but, but the good news is he's conscious and he's, and, he, and he's stable so we just wish him and, he, and his, his family well obviously. Um, yeah, Not many things are more important than football but but, but life is for sure.
7: That's obviously good news to hear. Talking about the football, though, obviously a a 0-0 draw away from home to start the new year. What do you make of that?
1: I think it was a difficult game. Um, Second time in in recent games where the opponent's gone down to 10 and we haven't been able to to break them down. Um, I think we're, we're frustrated that we weren't able to do that. Having said that, sometimes when teams go down to ten, um, it doesn't actually make the game any easier. Um, and I think you have to credit Cambridge because I thought that they um, worked incredibly hard, particularly when they went down to ten men, um, and, and made it very difficult for us. The ball was never on the pitch, um, very, very stop-starty, and you know they managed managed the situation well, and we couldn't quite find the rhythm and flow. I thought we had some good moments, um, and and you actually need to be non-emotional and patient in, in the moment when you're playing against 10 men and sometimes you just have to work the ball and be willing to work the ball from side to side and then, then the space opens up um, and maybe because of our will to want to win we, we just forced our play at times so, so there's definitely some learning to take from that but but having said that still we had some probably enough good chances to, to win the game and that's the positive that we're creating chances. Um, Obviously, the disappointing thing is that we weren't able to take them. But again, you know, for us, um, ten now unbeaten uh, in the league. Um, I think eight clean sheets in the last ten, which are, which are really positive signs. Um, we've got to keep working at the top end of the pitch so that we can turn that, these draws into in, in, into wins.
7: And obviously, after some time off as well with those games missed due to COVID, you must be happy with how your players came back and, and they didn't look too rusty out there.
1: No, I was pleased with the effort and the attitude and the the intensity of our work. Even more pleased that we've come through injury-free because you're always naturally concerned when you have a 23-day stoppage in the season. It's not... not not normal and sometimes you can lose your rhythm as a consequence so sort of yeah definitely there's definitely um some positives to take there yeah the the, uh, we 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 thought we'd be in a good place because we've trained exceptionally hard in this period and you've got to go and look at our training ground to see how how it's like a quagmire the amount we've used it in recent in recent days but no we're we're in a good place and you know what we now need to do is go and attack 2022.
3: Danny Cowley there with his final thoughts after the full-time whistle yesterday afternoon at the Abbey Stadium. Okay, just uh, a minute or two remaining of the show. Dean Adams, just going to get your final thoughts now, my friend. Uh, No league fixture for Pompey this weekend on Saturday the 8th of uh, January, their opponents Wigan supposedly coming down to Fratton Park there in the third round of the FA Cup where they host Blackburn Rovers of the Championship, wish them all the best hopefully get through to the fourth round Wigan Athletic and get a few more games under their belts and tie them <laughs> out a little bit so Pompey can leapfrog, leapfrog them in, in, in the table, Pompey got an extra Friday night Dean, EFL trophy round of 32 is this a, a hindrance, we say it every game, the EFL trophy, is it a hindrance or is it a good chance to let some of the fringe players, new players, have, have, have a run out
6: yeah, I don't know. It's an awkward one really because COVID, I haven't had COVID, but I know people that have had COVID and they're still suffering a year later. So COVID's going to sort of zap certain people's energies, which is, which is my biggest worry at the moment. But I think if we've had, oh, I hope we had six players training the other day, so that, that's not great. So if players are back and have recovered from COVID, I think we need to get minutes into the legs of all our first team as well. So for me, it's get as many first team players playing Friday night as we can
3: lovely stuff well Dean thank you very much for joining us on the show this evening it's been a pleasure to chat to you as it always is my friend have a great rest of your day and have a, have a great week as well we'll hear from you again sometime soon have a good one mate
6: you too, Jake. Thank you.
3: And uh, Alex Fletcher here in the studio with me tonight. Alex, likewise, my friend, great to have you on the show. Thank you for your company today. Have a great week and have a, have a good evening. Thank you so much, Jake. I look forward to the next one. Thank you to everyone who tuned in back home, got involved via the text tweets and emails as well. Thank you to Stagecoach Across Myself for supporting yet another season of The Footblower here on Express FM. Okay, coming up here on the station this evening after the 7 o'clock news, Decades Party from 7 through till 11pm. An hour each dedicated to great songs from every decade from the 70s, 80s, 90s and the noughties before the Express wind down from 11 through until 2am on Wednesday morning. Tomorrow morning, Express Breakfast with Nicola Lashley from 6.30 through until 10 with the Express Rewind at 9am as well. Glory Miller's on at 10 through till 1. Henry Deacon's back with Over the White Line from 6 through till 7 tomorrow evening. I'm back on Thursday night with a preview of Friday's trip to Exeter City. Until then, Pompey fans, have a great week. Stay safe and uh, play at Pompey. Good night.